Hey, Jess. Hi. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas in July here it, at it Sadie Hawkins Pod. I'm not going to lie. I, I was expecting a guest. Well, actually, that's... I was like, you know, Merry Christmas. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> And I've called up one of those services that sends a celebrity by to your podcast. Oh, sure, sure. See, because you were here, I just thought that we weren't getting anyone. No, I'm because I, usually you come in a little later. This is my gift to you. This is my oh. gift to you. I ordered a celebrity. Uh huh. I mean, who could it be? You know, this week we're talking about Good King Wenceslas. Yes. And that's a famous song by Bing Crosby. It is. So yeah. it could be Bing Crosby. Let's see who's at the door. Come on in. Well, hey, y'all. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> well, it's not Bing Crosby. Who are you, ma'am? I see you're a woman. Who are, Who is it? Well, I asked. Do you know who I am? Hello, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> it's me, Reese Witherspoon. It's great to be here. I want everyone to know about my new movie, Where the Crawdads Sing. It's a great movie, and it's coming out real soon. It's got California's gold. What? Are you excited to see where the crawdads? It's going to be the best time at the movies this summer. Wait, what do you mean? Is California's gold? Is it set in California? Because I don't know. I thought there were marshes no, or bogs or something. I just and... realized me as Reese Witherspoon kind of sounds like the California's gold guy. Uh, oh, I see. Anyway, <laughs> go see where the crawdads sing. I think it stars Kristen Stewart. Maybe I don't know. Probably I, I produce it. I don't cast these movies. A Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Miss Witherspoon, I know that you were in such it's as Sweet Home Alabama yep. and the, the not the newsroom, the morning show. That's right, y'all. So it's me, Reese Witherspoon, <laughs> famous I, Southerner. I don't actually know where you're from. Are you from the South? That's for me to know and you to find out. everyone and welcome to sadie hawkins pod hey (laughs) y'all hold on one second are you looking up where reese witherspoon where was reese witherspoon born (laughs) louisiana baton rouge okay okay well there you go that may or may not be where where the crawdad sings is set i have not read it that's why i love that movie that book i said i gotta make that book gotta make that movie it's me reese witherspoon Okay, my headphones are totally on backwards. I thought they were, but then I was like so unsure, and now I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, that's much better. Uh, so, hello everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs> that's right. We're celebrating Christmas in July. Pull out your parkas, set up your fire, throw your parkas in them because it's July. <laughs> There's a where the crawdads sing billboard close to our home and we're constantly passing and I'm just like what a good looking time at the movies and then eventually Jessica told me how there's these commercials for all the girly stuff she watches where they're like I'm Reese Witherspoon you gotta see my new movie I produced it I'm not in it 
And so I just, well, I don't know whether or not she's in it. She didn't say whether or not she's in it. She's just like, but I haven't even she's seen just the like, commercials. Hey, Reese Witherspoon here, and I produced this movie, and this has always been an important book to me, yeah. or something. I don't know. It calls to mind like that's the way they used to do trailers in like the forties. It'd be like, "Hi, I'm Rock Hudson, and I want to tell you about my upcoming movie." <laughs> it's like instead of just showing clips, it's it's or it's like I'm uh, I'm. Uh, a little early for Rock Hudson, um, but okay. I'm Alfred Hitchcock, and I want you to know that Psycho is a movie. It, it is. So it's like they're bringing back... And so- remind yourself of that if you're going to pass out in the theater from a horrifying shower scene. My new movie contains boobies. Oh, good lord. Any but top the of the show... made me cut it out. Any top of the show business. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, we do have voicemails. And I also want to mention that we talked about how What Can I Do is like probably the deepest cut of a properly released Reliant K song. And at the time, I was like, the next one after that for deepest cut would be Operation, which was a B-side on the Creepy EP, the original. And I know that Operation, you know, Operation should have been on Burden the B-sides. It wasn't. Probably because it's already a 74-minute album. It's, like, full. Like, they had to make a cut somewhere. And the first cut is the deepest. And it was Operation that they cut out of Burden the B-sides. But it is included in the first three Gears box set. But then I realized that the first three Gears box set is not on Spotify anymore. I don't know if it ever was. But it's definitely on Apple Music. Yeah. Or it has been on Apple Music. But we haven't used Apple Music in like two years. Right. So maybe it's not there anymore. It was definitely on Apple Music back when I was on Yeah, when we started the podcast. Because you were on Apple Music when we started the podcast. We used to have... We used to like check what was on Spotify and what was on uh, Apple Music at the time. We don't do that anymore. Because now we're both on Spotify. And I was doing title Went to the dark side. Why don't we listen to Spotify again? I don't remember now. Neil Young told us that. Well, because it's very, very... Well, that's because of... uh, What's his name? Uh, Baldy McGee. I'm going to need a little more information on that. Tough guy. Oh, Joe Rogan. Right, 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 right. Joe Rogan. It's because of the Joe Rogan thing. See, because my first guess was going to be Jeff Bezos after you said (laughs) bald guy, but... Well, I know that the like the main problem ethically with Spotify is that like they really don't pay any of the artists what they're worth. And that's why I wanted to like Tidal. Because Tidal actually has these like initiatives where like every month they measure your top artist and they give that artist a little bit more from you that month. Oh, that's your... cool. And that is cool. But if Tidal wants to be such an artist friendly platform, they are not built to support small right. artists. They like, need to uh, to work on their development. Yeah, like, this was that, and that's ultimately why I left Tidal. Like, I was like, okay, there's a lot of bands that no one's ever heard of that are on Spotify that are not on Tidal. And I was like, oh, I guess I can live with this. Maybe I can... And if there's one thing to know about Danny, it's that he almost exclusively <laughs> listens to small bands <laughs> no one's ever heard of. But then I realized, like, Spotify is actually, if you know how to use it, Spotify is really, really good for finding under the radar music because freaking a is on there freaking a is on there but you can find people's personal playlists and you can go discover you know music through there if you find a very little known band you'll you know see related artists that are other very little known bands title is not set up for that like you find like a very little known band and you go to their title page and it doesn't even give you related artists because title is like 
this band only has 50 listeners a month. Like, we're not going to give this any attention to categorizing or metadata that will help you, like, explore out further. So it's like, title is really only set up for, like, major international artists. And it kind of sucks in that way, even though they give those artists more money. Maybe that's their business plan. Maybe they're like, yeah, you know, we give a little bit extra money to artists because they're all like really actually professional artists we don't give extra money to growing artists well, f- them then <laughs> all right but spotify doesn't pay anything to anybody it's real really a pain in the it's a pain in the neck that's why what can i do an operation need to be on spotify because <laughs> then it'll really help relying k's bottom line uh, that's the only like thing that i had to mention from last week oh and i didn't even say the the tweet that i looked up but it was it was called this was a call to attention by uh, Benjamin Marino, who tweets at us sometimes and follows us. Yeah, because he was like, "What about Operation?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, Operation's on the, the box set." And then I was like, "Let me check," <laughs> and I was wrong. The box set is not on Spotify. So anyway, we have voicemails. So let's go listen to those. Let's gather around the Christmas fire. Let's gather up some of that good old Christmas cheer. Oh, and we got two voicemails from someone who hasn't called in a while. One of our first callers. One of our original, original, original listeners. Ooh. Jessica, Danny, April, what's up? It's Tim Sullivan. Uh, how you guys doing? Um, sorry to hear about uh, your grandma, Danny. I know how that can be. Uh, yeah. Oh, I talked to your corporate overlord, uh, he definitely, he agreed, uh, definitely take as much time as you need for whatever that might be. Thank you, Sugar Brady. <laughs> I don't know why the boss won't reach me directly. Right? Did <laughs> I, we do something? I appreciate that I got the message at all. Uh, listening to the latest episode, uh, is currently one fifteen. Uh, June 30th. Um, uh, so uh, the whole thing with your gas gauge, uh, tip for that is uh, reset your trip mileage every time you fill up and go off of uh, uh, go, go off of mileage. So fill up whenever you get to a, to a certain mileage range that you've driven. Um, so that's, that's a fun tip. I've had to deal with that in the past. Okay, but that would require me to push buttons and figure out what those things are in my car. I so I saw this. I didn't. I saw this voicemail. The the um, translation, the transcripts on right the Google the Google email that came in about it, and I was like, Tim Sullivan's telling us how to use the mileage thing, which that's very good advice. Yes, and that's what the auto shop told us like six months ago. And then we just forgot over time. Okay, to be fair, you didn't tell me that's what the auto shop said like six months ago. I thought I but did. But thank you. Good to know now. I thought I did. Also, I would have to learn no, how I to use the, the little mileage button thingy yes. in my car and how to reset it. I definitely told you this back then. So I, you know what? That's one of the top of the show business. I want to explain <laughs> the gas situation just one more time because I don't think we explained it. By like, the way, car enough. still hasn't been fixed. It's sitting at, at that just one notch over half right now, Dan. So who knows? I filled it up again. You're I know, driving that's why everywhere. I, I know. That's why I haven't stopped yet. You're it's driving I'm like, too much. We just filled this up this weekend. I'm good right now. 
after I saw this voicemail earlier this week, I was like, I feel like we got to explain that one more time. (laughs) Oh, boy. So the gas meter mostly works correctly. But apparently, if you drive up a hill or down a hill at the wrong level of gas, it will stop working at half. It will just stop reading at half. That's what happens. The real problem is but that most Danny time, told me he filled the car up before he left. And I did. And I think you just drove too many places. I, I filled the car up again. I went to the airport and to the gym twice. And that was it. You were only gone three days. I filled the car up again over the weekend at the end of our weekend. And you're telling me it's already half again. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not truly half. Maybe it is truly half. It just hasn't gone down since. We need to buy you a bicycle. That's the, No, it reads at half or above. I correctly. would bicycle, but we live in Los <laughs> Angeles. Do you know how scary that is? <laughs> L.A., Chicago, New York. I'm not biking anywhere in these states. I mean cities. <laughs> One of them is also a state. The gas meter in your car reads correctly at half or above. But sometimes when it hits half, it'll stop counting down. Most of the time it will count down correctly. And it's just a matter of if it's at 50% and you take a turn too fast or you drive up a hill or something, well, then the gas meter is not going to go. Now, if you drive the whole tank on flat surface the whole time, it will read correctly the whole time. We forgot about this when it was time for you to pick me up from the airport. So my fault I thanks a lot it. tim thanks a lot tim <laughs> i'm gonna need a lot more time to get over this call usually these arguments are started by <laughs> connor daddy but no it's tim this time i've never so this song i've never never heard of it so I, this is cool uh definitely that, that was a nice surprise uh, a little shocking to see that uh so i'm enjoying the, this podcast for sure so far uh on the topic of stripper stripper anthems uh so i actually i'm from ups driver for eight years now and uh in, in oregon and uh like five or six years ago delivered to a guy uh named kelly and uh dropping a bunch of boxes off and he's like telling me that I'll you'll probably be getting a bunch more and I asked him what they were and he said they were albums he had to sign for uh I'm like oh what band and he's like fuck cherry I'm like oh shit uh you guys had that one song and he's like um oh what was it uh it was some song played in strip clubs we're like oh I have, I have no idea I, I I don't really know about all that but no you did that sorry song but apparently Buck Cherry does a uh, has a popular strip club song, um, and I met and delivered to the bassist quite a few times. So that's fun. All right, well, you guys take care. Now, Jessica, dude, that's awesome, crazy bitch. Fuck yeah. <laughs> See, now I won't bleep the B word because it's the name. It of is. The it title, is the title. But I'll I'll bleep your inappropriate swear. Now. You I would also like to state that as much as I love stripper anthems, I've never actually been in a strip club, which is a shame. I feel like I need to remedy <laughs> this. <laughs> I've never been. Oh, yes, I yes, have. Yes, you have. You went to a bachelor party in one once. I totally, zo- I totally zoned out. I was like the episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> 
where in the second season they go to the when they go to the bachelor party and then they bring in uh, you know princess whatever like the belly dancer lady and the actual guy who's there have the actual like uh, it <laughs> the, wasn't at your bachelor party no 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 but remember in that episode the fish restaurant and bart takes the picture the picture yes. of homer and the actual guy who's who's the one getting married, he's just some off-brand Simpsons character just right. for season two. And he's Him not and his father are like, we're in hell, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just yes, don't know. Yes, both you and patron Jay were at that strip club. That's right. I'll yep. talk about that in one second. But first, <laughs> Tim called back. Crazy bitch. That's what the song's called. By Buck Cherry. Uh, crazy bitch. That's right. So my only strip club experience was a bachelor party for a friend from college who lives in Dallas. And we were living in Florida at the time. Ooh, one of those Texas strip clubs. I don't know about that. (laughs) No, it was... So... We go, so Jessica and I go together. We were living in Florida at the time, so it was like you know a day's drive. I'm just teasing, or a little Texas. bit more than a day's drive. I don't think we stopped between. No, Orlando I think and we Dallas. drove straight through. Both I think it was times. a bit over, and it was just dra- a couple yeah. hours more than a day. So it was like, why stop when we're young and we can deal with it? So anyway, we drove. Getting through Florida takes a lot longer than you would imagine right. because it's long and skinny. So. Get your head out of the gutter. What are you doing? So, speaking of long and skinny, <laughs> we go to we go to this we go to Dallas for this wedding from a college friend, and while we're there, they're like, okay, well now that everyone's here, the bachelor party is meeting wherever, and it was a bus. It was like a party bus that picked us up. What did you do while I was at this bachelor party? I just hung out at the hotel. Oh, okay. It was it was later at night, so I think I like got in bed. I think I got ready for sleep, and then I had to come pick you up. Oh, okay. From the ho- from the hotel where they yeah from, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. And I had to bring you back to to where we were staying. Gotcha. So we went to a couple of bars first, which was really nice. We had that cool, like, beautiful view of the city. It was like we had these like it was floor to ceiling oh, right. windows. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, I cannot picture. That's when right. we first walked in, I'm not great with heights. So I was like, Hua! and I was like, oh, this is so cool. But also, I can't go anywhere near those windows. <laughs> And I remember that weekend, the issues of Sonic the Hedgehog, the comic book, had the first of the Genesis Wave storylines at the time. Because, see, now in the Sonic the Hedgehog comic book, (laughs) here's the thing. I think I talked about Ken Penders a little bit. He's like the creepy-ass guy (laughs) who wrote all the creepiest Sonic stories originally in the Archie comics. And he's the one who sued Archie Comics for his original characters to take them back, which is ridiculous because you think you're like, oh, they're all derivative of Sonic the Hedgehog characters. Well, Archie didn't keep his contract properly filed so they couldn't find it. So he did get the rights to all of his own original characters, which is ridiculous. But then he is like, well, now you have to pay a stipend or whatever every time you use his characters. So they started this plan to get rid of all of his original characters. And they used it by having this thing called the Genesis Wave, which is very derivative of a lot of comic books. Like a lot of like Crisis on Infinite Earth style comics where a universe gets reconfigured. You know what I mean? So there's this thing called the Genesis Wave that would basically take the Archie comic book universe 
and reduce it down to just its core elements of the video games because the Archie comic that book sounds like universe, a great idea. Yeah, because the Archie comic book universe had become so bloated with original characters and like overly dramatic concepts. But they didn't just do the Genesis wave and then it stuck that way. They kind of went back and forth a couple times before the final like convergence of the universe. So the first time the Archie comic book universe got sent back into the Genesis wave, which is clever. Get it? The Genesis wave. I do. The first time the Archie comic universe got sent into the Genesis wave, those issues were coming out. When I went to a strip club for the first time, (laughs) I brought the comic books with me. I was showing them to the ladies. I'm like, no, look, here's the thing. These issues were written by... (laughs) I've only allowed this tangent because Genesis is the first book of the Bible. (laughs) Right. So this stag party, bachelor party, (laughs) this bachelor party, it started at a couple bars on a party bus. One of my requests in the party bus was Jump by Criss Cross, and they played it. (laughs) That was fun. And then, uh, because it was a DJ of a sort, it was like the MC, the MC who would like guide you on and off the bus and basically make sure everyone was safe. He was also the DJ in the bus. I forgot to tell you this. So then I don't remember the name of the strip club. I don't think I've ever been on a party bus before. Oh, Sadie Hawkins pod party bus. What, what? (laughs) So then the the night ended for a couple hours at this strip club, but it was like a giant. Now, you you laughed at like Texas strip club. I love that we're doing this in a Christmas, this is in July episode. Oh, right. (laughs) But it was like my only experience in a strip club. And it's not like, oh, gross Texas strip club. No, it's like big, fancy, expensive looking strip club. Right, you said it had a theme. You were like, oh, I was just here because I love themed establishments. The building was, (laughs) uh, just for comparison, the building was as big as a grocery store, right? It wasn't like... I don't oh, know how, wow. like when you see a strip club on the side of the road, like they're usually just the size of a restaurant, but no, I this take place it back. I've been in one strip store. club before. Okay. GTA. I've been in the GTA five strip right. club. <laughs> that is not the size of a grocery store. No, that's small. But I was like, oh, there's women and they're naked. Okay. <laughs> it's literally the first time I'd seen any other women naked than you. <laughs> Do you want to leave this in? I'm just I'm just going to leave this. <laughs> okay, we'll leave conversation it Conversation right here. Okay. We're going to probably move on from this, but it was cool because it was like all adventure. Right, you said it was like themed. right. You said it was like a hunting lodge library. Yeah, sort of I was thing. like Jessica loves Disney Disney World. She loves Pleasure Island and and uh, you know downtown Pleasure Disney. Island. Yeah. You loved all the themed like restaurants, and so you love you have uh, Rainforest Cafe. Jessica would love this strip club because <laughs> it's like adventure themed, and it actually like is totally totally sells the whole thing. And like it was so there was like me and our friend Jay, who is our friend in real life here in Los Angeles, who's also our patron. We were kind of like the married guys. I think there was one other person who we were really just like. We want everyone to have fun. We were like the dad <laughs> chaperones, even though Jay had just had a daughter. Right. right? You, you and Jay were like exchanging pictures because we had just adopted, adopted April. April. Here's our do- here's our baby. <laughs> our baby. And there's your baby. <laughs> and we still do it to this day. But we were like the dad chaperones. I was like, I was like, you know, we were both just like, everyone's having fun. This is great. Have a great time. I didn't even drink a lot of alcohol back then. I remember being surprised by how much you texted me that light night. It was very frequent. I was like, I think I was laying there. I, I'm pretty sure I was watching Turner Classic movies in the hotel. <laughs> just like, and I kept getting texts from Danny. And I'm like, 
kind of thought he'd be occupied, but this is nice. Well, I wasn't interested. It's just like Aww, you're ladies so sweet, dancing Dan. up on the thing. It's like, okay. It's exactly like the movies. It's exactly, strip clubs are exactly like you see them depicted in movies. I'm not talking about like where things get ridiculous, like if it's a murder strip club or something in front of a movie, <laughs> but I'm saying like the very, the very regular. Ooh, murder mystery <laughs> themed strip club. I am there. Yes. So we go from <laughs> talking about strip, my only strip club experience to um, Christmas. <laughs> right. That's right. So this is our Christmas in July episode because, you know, I've been having a horrible couple of weeks. So it's like it's time. It's time to get back to what it's time to get back to the reason for the season. <laughs> I'm a little flustered by all that discussion. See, even that discussion, like ten years later, I'm still like, oh, it just flusters me. I'm such a I'm yeah. Such it was, a, I think it was like eleven I'm years such ago. Such a nice now, boy. Yeah. I'm such a nice almost boy. eleven. I think of September. Like You're such a nice him. boy, dear. Well. <laughs> So I've always been familiar with good King Wenceslas because he is the patron saint of Bohemia or now the Czech Republic. And my mom is full Bohemian and her side of the family has always been big on heritage. So it was definitely one of those songs where I was like, yeah, I know this. I knew this because like my mom would talk about it and stuff. Right. Yeah. This is a ridiculous song. (laughs) (laughs) What? No, I mean, Reliant K's inclusion of it on this album. Right, their version. I thought you meant in general. No, 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 no. I didn't get to see Bing today. I was going to to thank him, congratulate him on his very lovely version, which is one of the more famous versions of the song. Well, I'll let him know. Okay. I do a good impression of Bing. Yeah, the direct line to Bing. No, I do a good impression of, well, you know, he's dead, so he can only come to Earth. And be on our podcast when, when you go the, to the bathroom. When I go to the bathroom. Well, it has to be certain alignments of the universe, oh, and okay. I have to be in the bathroom. Because I was going to say it'd be relatively frequently if it was just when you were in the bathroom. Hold on, I feel he's <laughs> he's arriving. He's taking oh, hold geez. of my body. <laughs> no. No, the spirits, they want to control me. You know, if we didn't lose enough listeners in the last episode, we certainly will in this one. moment, I just did a Bing Crosby (laughs) possessing my body. Um, Yeah, so it's like... That's not witchcraft, that's just spiritualism. (laughs) There you go. Well, which is also not allowed in the Bible, (laughs) except that one moment when King Saul does it, and it actually works, and he talks to uh, Samuel, right? That's oh, a kick-ass moment know. in the Bible. I didn't know about that. Because King Saul's like... It's like this... a psychic moment in the yeah, Bible? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because wow. King Saul goes to, a, goes to a spiritualist, a psychic or whatever, or a, a medium, and he's not supposed to do that because he's the king of Israel. But he's like, I don't like this David guy. I don't like this David guy. Something off about him, you know? Like David and Goliath or a different David? Because it's yeah, a very like popular name. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The same, same guy who's going to become the king. He's going to usurp him. He's going to take over as oh, the king. Oh, right, right, right. So he goes to a spiritualist and he, and he basically meets, he talks to his Obi-Wan. He talks to, <laughs> oh, he talks to uh, Samuel and he's like, what's up? What's up? You're dead. What's up with all this stuff? So anyway, that's a Bible <laughs> story, I remember. See, we brought it back to the Bible, which is most important. Now, when it comes to this, now, constantly on this podcast... We're always talking about Reliant K songs, and we're like, is this song about That is Jesus? literally what the podcast is based off of, is us talking about Reliant K songs. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, 
and they fall into the category all the time, every week on the show, of Danny harping on, is this song actually about Jesus? So I want to ask, is this song actually about King Good, good King Wenceslas? I don't know. I'm yes, skeptic. It is. What if Reliant K tried to deliberately write it in such a way that it could be on the radio and people would think he's singing about a girl, but secretly he's king, singing about Good King Wenceslas? It's a fucking Christmas song. It's in the name. It's in the name, Good King Wenceslas. Classic in- <laughs> Christmas story. So that's my first note about this song overall. Is like this is like one this is one of the weirdest popular Christmas carols. You know, instead right? of doing Boxing Day, we could have done this song. What do you mean? Wait, did, isn't there wait <laughs> fuck, which one is the one that takes place on Boxing Day? Isn't there one that we did? Boxing Day. There's a yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Day. The way you looked at me. He gave me this look like I was full of shit and I was done. <laughs> but I didn't understand. We did do, but we did Boxing Day a long time ago. We did I know, Boxing but Day I'm saying year. because the Feast of Stevens is the day after Christmas, we oh. could have done this song then instead. The way he looked at me was like, well, that's Blink-182, Jessica. How dare you? That was the literally the look he gave me. I did not realize that the Feast of Stevens is Boxing Day. That's good information. Thank you. I appreciate that. However... All I'm saying is, of all the major Christmas songs that have kind of like lived on and are covered, you know, played consistently on the radio, and even kids today might know them, this is the weirdest one. It's about some random king in Bohemia. How dare you? Well, it is. I mean, most Christmas carols are about either like more post war, modernish Christmas carols are about. You know, going through the snow and going shopping. But then, like, ye old-timey Christmas carols are about the Lord. But then here's this one Christmas carol that's pretty popular. That's just about, like, this king. It's about a good man doing good things. That's great. But he's, like, the least Christmassy guy overall. Like, people don't talk about good King Wenceslas overall. Like, (laughs) people sing about Rudolph, and they know (laughs) Rudolph. But people don't really know anything about King Wenceslas. They don't talk about him outside of this song. And the thing is, like, I don't think a lot of people even realize the lyrics of this song. I certainly didn't. And, you know, my relationship to this song on the Reliant K Christmas album is I always found it to be kind of a sore spot. I'm like, oh, here's the goofy wackety track, which is ridiculous because I like a lot of goofy wackety music like They Might Be Giants and stuff. But... For me, I don't know. We're like on this album, I'm like oh ha ha ha, it's the funny joke. It's the funny joke song. I don't know why I never gave this song on the Reliant K Christmas album its due, its attention. I really never paid attention to it. I never enjoyed it when it came on as part of the track listing. This week, I have really, really enjoyed it musically, sonically. Like even though it's a joke track, it's a throw off, it's all of that. It's still like. Like Reliant K always over delivers. We talked about when Brad Moist was on the show and he said how they only had to give 10 songs per album, but they always over delivered. Bird and the B-Sides, they just had to put a couple of new songs together, but they over delivered. Like they always over deliver. They took this idea of let's take ye oldest, sort of most esoteric, but, you know, slightly popular Christmas carol and have a goofy good time with it but still sonically hold it together and actually like record it really well, even though we're joking and laughing as we're singing the lyrics. Like they over-delivered even on the idea of a jokey Christmas song. So good for them. Yeah, and I feel like this is the last like jokey joke song we get 
on a Reliant K album, like an official Reliant K album, because you have jokey joke songs on Bird and the B-Sides. But if you want to subscribe to the idea that that is not an official album, then I think this is the last one. Right. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, unfortunately, it lives, you know, Bird and the B-Sides does live in that nebulous area where I personally think it's album... 5.5. 5.5. Oh, you do? Because you've never mentioned this before. <laughs> but so many other people are like, oh, it's an EP. It's an EP. It says it's called an EP, therefore it's an EP. And I'm like, it's not an EP. They called it an EP, but it's not an EP. But whatever. Yeah, so I, I think you're right. Like, this is the last, like, really co- overly comedic joke song. Yeah, and one other thing about the general, the album overall in general, is that I think it's interesting, and I don't think we've mentioned slash come across this before, but according to the Wikiwand page for Let It Snow Baby, Let It Reindeer, Davey Basinger, formerly of Bleach, did the artwork for the album. I think we talked about did that we talk in the about first it? Christmas. Okay. The first five pods of Christmas that we did. <laughs> okay. I couldn't remember, so I was like, oh, wait, I want to bring this up again. So I basically just talked about it right now, but like, yeah, this is a, to, to just talk about it more succinctly. This is like a late album joke song, but I still think they put everything into it sonically, musically, production-wise, right? And this is somewhat another pee in a pod with 12 Days of Christmas and Santa Claus's Thumb in the Town where there's like a lot going on and it's kind of a joke and like the production itself is a joke, but it's still done perfectly, And even though all the members of the band are kind of goofing around as they sing and doing all these things like, like when you hear, I'm pretty sure that's John Warren singing. We'll talk about who we think is singing on each different verse because I think it's all, it's all five members of the band have a different verse. But like when like Warren does the, and then Hoops, I'm pretty sure it's Hoops who like suddenly bursts out laughing and stuff. Like that's the crack. That's the fun part. But those choruses sound like deep and lush and amazing right right so it's like here's this joke song but it's still just the tightest production we can possibly do it's so good and i never gave this song proper attention because i always kind of wrote it off as a joke song like something we've not done yet but breakfast at timpanies right like these joke songs these one-off tracks these like interstitial tracks like i was like oh this is just a goof song that's very Reliant K, but I'd rather listen to the real Christmas music on this CD. I was wrong. This track... This is a jam, Danny. It is a jam. It musically, like... This is a this is also a big headphone song. Like, you can't just listen to this on your little phone speaker or your computer speaker or your ear pods. you got to put either, a, like, a big, a good sound system or over-the-ear headphones to really get everything out of this song. Yeah, because this song is so interesting and like ornate i was really bummed in my deep dive that there's so much going on and you've got all of these you know pitched down vocals and pitched up vocals Mm -hmm. and there was no information out there right like there was no information out there on it there was no information on like who did what or anything like that and luckily you bent to the ear of someone and (laughs) so i dm'd warren and schneck I did not DM Ethan of the open DMs that we have. Ethan was not a part of this track, so it because make we sense did just we, we just we just bothered you know yeah. him last week as well. So. Warren didn't get back to us, but uh, John Schneck did, 
And so I said to him, I said, I was wondering if you have any memories of recording Good King Wenceslas, which is still a word I can't even pronounce right now. And he you're says, doing it, You're doing a good job of it. Thank you. If it's easier, you can say Wenceslas, because that is also an accepted pronunciation of it, though okay. not usually what one sings. Well, John says, I remember it quite well. One of the best days we ever had in the studio. That sounds great. That sounds amazing. Like they were having a lot of yeah, fun yeah. recording this song. And it sounds like they were having fun. Does that, does that, is that on par with banging pots and pans for Savannah? <laughs> or was that just MLT and Ethan doing that all day? I don't remember. Like that, what are some other fun days? That was trash can lids. How dare you? Oh, whatever. And I, uh, so then... I said, uh, which verse is you? It's hard to tell because everyone's voice is different. I assume, and so we'll talk about this, we'll go over this, but I said, I assume the lowest voice that laughs is hoop, but we've never been sure. And John said, the bring me food, bring me wine part is me. And then he says, hoops is low, which I guess confirms that he's the low bassy voice. Okay. And then he says, I'd have to listen to the words to figure out the other, what the others are. And he hasn't gotten back to me since then. But that's great info. That that's, still answers that's the question. That's awesome. That still answers. So there are five verses to King Wenceslas. And I'm 100% sure that the first one is Tyson. I mean, it just makes sense logistically that the main singer, the lead singer, takes the first verse. And it obviously sounds like Tyson. I think the second verse is worn. And I don't have proof of this because... John Schneck didn't get back to us, but I'll explain why I think that in a second. Then I think... Thank you for your time, John Schneck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Liam, if you're listening, let your dad know. <laughs> and thanks for listening. So that's... that's First one, that's that's Tyson. Pretty clear. It's, unde- it's yeah, undeniable yeah, yeah. that that first one is Tyson. And it's also kind of funny that this song works overall because it has these five verses... And you have five members of the band at the time, so everyone gets a verse. So this is the second verse, and I'm I'm personally positive that this is worn. It just sounds like worn to me. Now it's hard to tell because everyone's putting on a different tone of voice, purposely singing very high, purposely singing very low. It's hard to tell. But there is just a quality to this voice at this moment that sounds like Ace Troubleshooter. <laughs> so I think that this is John Sure, Warren. I can buy that. Plus the extra, like when he does the little, that just seems like <laughs> more of a worn thing than a Dave Douglas thing. Okay. Because based off of the information that we know and the information we got from John Schneck, we know for certain, we're 100% positive that the first one is Tyson, the third one is Schneck because he confirmed it. He said he's the bring me food, bring me wine part. And that he said Hoops is the low one. And when you hear Hoops doing the low voice and he breaks and laughs, he doesn't go as low after he laughs and then you can tell it's Hoops. So then the last one is probably Dave Douglas. So from the information we have, the only ones that we could be wrong about is it could be Dave second and it could be John Warren last. But I know I have the I know we have the other three correct. So I'm pretty sure this part is John Warren. I don't know, but that's what I think. That's what I feel. Now this is John Schneck. <laughs> It's also a very like it's also kind of like a uh, 
uh, Monty Python thing. He is, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely Monty Python vibes. And then, <laughs> and then this is hoops. Especially because he's singing so low and bassy, it just kind of sounds like hoops when he talks. <laughs> it's funny because like when I fr- when I was re-listening to it before you before I was like, hey Dan, did you happen to uh, DM anybody about this because. I'm shy and don't like bothering people, so I'm like, "Hey, Danny, do my you dirty could pretend work. To be do my me. bidding." You could you could try bothering people from the show account. And just oh, that's right! I forgot. I forgot. You well, can hide you, you behind know, you that Usually mask use Twitter, or... and I don't. I don't have Twitter on my phone right now. But, yeah. Uh, I actually thought that this could. I was like, "It's not," because there's an element that's not there of it. But I was like, "Is this Jason's dad?" No, it's not Jason's dad. I had one second where I was like, "Wait," and then I was like. No. <laughs> but it's clear that this is set up in that way, like, you know, the way Bird and the B-Sides is, with everyone gets their own song or whatever. Like, to have everyone sing one verse of a five-verse song is just too perfect for a five-member band. Yeah. Where everyone can sing. I can go no longer. <laughs> Mark my footsteps. So, so, it's so funny. And so, after Hoops breaks there, it's like, it's got to be ho- Hoops, because it's got to be Hoops. It's gonna be a hoops. It's gonna be Matt Hoops because also did it again. he doesn't go as low as he did before the laugh. After this, my good page, tread now in them boldly. So then, all we have left is what I think is Dave. So Dave is a very good singer, and we've heard, you know, we haven't done an Attack Cat or Gypsy Parade podcast yet, but we've listened to some of his music with his wife, and we kind of know his voice. And then, of course, the big issue for me has come up that sometimes Dave has some choruses in Reliant K music, and I can't tell that it's not Teeson. Unlike when Hoops is singing in Balloon Ride, or is it Those Words Are Not Enough? I don't remember. When Hoops sings a couple of songs, I'm like, that's clearly Hoops. That's not Teeson. I can tell. But when Dave Douglas is singing, I'm like, that's... I can't tell that that's not Teeson. And then I tweeted at Dave one time about that, and this is the only time he replied to us. He's like, oh my gosh, thanks for thinking I sing as well as Teeson. I'm like, you trick me. You trick me with it. I can't... I'm just being honest. So because everyone's doing the ha, doing the high voice <laughs> like Homer when he was a kid, and he was <laughs> exactly. He was gonna make Grandpa Simpson so. He much was money. gonna make Grandpa Simpson so much money, and his voice broke. God, darn it. <laughs> so I just think that. So that's the order I think it goes in. Now, if anyone has confirming evidence for us, if Schneck gets back to us, if Warren gets back to us, I'm pretty sure. It goes Teeson, Warren, Schneck, Hoops, Dave. Pretty sure that's the order in which the song is sung. And these choruses are just rich and beautiful and amazing. This, like, makes me want to listen to more of this kind of ye olde time music. Because <laughs> this is just so well produced and lush and beautiful. You want to gather around the Inn Tavern and listen to yeah, the bards play? but, like... Like, I don't, I like, I could go listen to chamber, like, old chamber music, like, PBS people that, like, put that music back together. Or, oh, like, see, I was just going to recommend some video game soundtracks for you, but, right. you know. What's that, uh, I don't even remember their name now, that I recommended to you because I found them. They're a power metal band, and they 
sing the bard song. What is that called? There it is, Blind Guardian. I was the one, since I've been listening to more metal, I was like, oh, Jessica, you'd like Blind Guardian. Because I've been keeping more to the thrash side, but I looked into some more power metal because, you know, like everyone in the 2000s, I had my flirtation with Dragon Force. <laughs> everyone was like, oh, Dragon Force. So this is Blind Christmas time. <laughs> so, like, I could go and I could listen to some, like... It's Jethro Tull or nothing, Dan. <laughs> right. I could go listen to some, like, musical society that recreates ye old oldie time music from the original, like, sheet music and stuff. And they do, like, all this thing, all these things. And they air it on PBS, like I was saying. But it won't be as, like, beautiful and well-produced as Reliant K. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's like how the best zombie movies are always a scene of a fake zombie movie in another movie. Right. Like, no individual zombie movie except for, uh... Except for, uh... Children shouldn't play with dead things? <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> From the director of A Christmas Story. Heck yeah! Yeah, so that ties back into this week. No, uh... Uh, Return to the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead are the only zombie movies that I think actually like fulfill all the check marks of what like the average person, including me, wants from a zombie movie. Other than that, the best zombie movies are the fake zombie movie within some other movie. So to me, the best ye old music is the fake ye old music song by Relying K. Like I'm not gonna get that rich, beautiful. Now, if anyone knows. Ye old tavern tunes or something. Let me know. I listened to a couple other versions of Good King Wenceslas, and honestly, like nobody's version was as good as Reliant K's. Even like completely sincere versions that were well recorded. Like, if if you're going based off of sincerity, obviously Reliant K loses because there's a there's a ironic detachment, a goofiness, a silliness in their version. But just like the the production of their track is so solid and good and musically like just great that like the other covers I heard of it don't even compare. Did you listen to the Butthole Surfers version? I did not. Do they have a version? Well, I don't know if it was one of those like, yes, they do. Or if it was an accurate and like it was attributed to the wrong band. Oh, from but some old there, metadata it that did was popped wrong. Up, it did pop up in my uh, deep dive this week. I typed in Butthole King and nothing came up. <laughs> well, you know, just you get a couple of keywords and something should come up. I typed in Butthole Good King and nothing came up on Spotify. Now, that doesn't mean anything. Like, the, the their Christmas album might not be on Spotify, just like how, uh, you know, a couple of other things like Operation aren't on Spotify. What a classic name. How amazing that Butthole Surfers even had a major hit on MTV at the time. Pepper. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. It wants to, this all music, which is where it popped up, wants to send me to Apple Music. And unfortunately, I don't have Apple Music right now. Right. Okay. So apparently, Butthole Surfers may have actually had a real cover of Good King Wenceslas, and it was on a 7-inch, which may account for why it's not on streaming. I mean, this is fun and all. It, it, it. I mean, just listening to this, I just imagine out there on my surfboard on a butthole, just having a great time at Christmas time. 
but unfortunately it's not as good as Reliant K's. So there's one other random thing that I just want to mention is that like this song also has always reminded me of this one They Might Be Giants song, which I think it's They Might Be Giants just kind of accidentally got this similar chord progression from Good King Wenceslas. This is just totally random, but I'll never forgive myself if I don't mention it. <laughs> Here it is. Sure. So that line, that line from Out of Jail, Stranger Stranger could have loved that town, but she'd have to leave her. I don't know. It always reminded me of that. When I was a little kid, I'd hear Good King Wenceslas and be like, they're just ripping off and they might be giants. Uh, what you just played of They Might Be Giants was enough. I've, I've had my They Might Be Giants <laughs> for a month now. So let's go ahead and take our break. And when we get back, we'll come back with Deep Dive and YouTube Deep Dive and whatever else we have going on. We just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time, we want to hear your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And if talking on the phone isn't your thing, because I know it's not mine, and whose is it really, you can send us an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com, or visit our socials at Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. While there, you can also see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as to our merch store for shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Charity, Isaac, James, Kindle, Joshua, Timothy, Daniel, Jay, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, this might be a podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes, our entire backlog of bonus episodes, which include reviews of the case for karaoke songs and chapters of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book. You'll also get stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon exclusive shirt when you've donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Where can I sign up again? At patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. If you want to be a patron of the arts, the fine arts, the podcast arts, there's one place to go. SadieHawkinsPod.com slash... Oh, wait. No, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I panicked. So first off, some deep dive on the original song. Uh, First up, we have the Wikipedia page. And I just want to mention, before you get to that... Okay. That I looked in the CD booklet to try to figure out, like... What ye old timey <laughs> stringed instrument is that? And it doesn't seem to be listed. Produced and engineered by is Mark it a lute? Townsend. Is it a ukulele? What is it? No, I don't think it's a ukulele. I think it's like a harpsichord. I would guess it's something ye old timey, like a harpsichord or something. But that'd be great information I to have. I said a lute. A lute. Yeah, a lute. It's pro- it could be something like that, but it doesn't have any special information about that. It just you know says who the members of the band are and what they played. And then which tracks had Brian Pittman on bass as opposed to Warren. What did each player play? <laughs> it's everything you expect. Teeson's lead vocals, guitar, piano, and keys. 
Hoops is guitars, Dave Douglas is drums, John Warren is bass, John Schneck is guitar, and Brian Pittman is tra- is bass on s- certain tracks. Okay. I'm glad I could finally catch you up to uh, who so the members maybe- of Reliant K are. <laughs> Fuck you. So maybe it's <laughs> just a guitar. <laughs> I don't know. Someone with more musical knowledge hit us up. Good King Wenceslas is a Christmas carol that tells the story of a bohemian king who goes on a journey, braving harsh winter weather to give alms to a poor peasant on the Feast of Stephen, December 26th, the second day of Christmas. During his journey... Alms for the poor! (laughs) Alms for the poor! (laughs) His pain... That's the bottle opener on my hydro flask. (laughs) That's a good sound. Bring out your dead. <laughs> Bring out your dead. All I can think about is the Disney animated Robin Hood now. <laughs> That's really why people are furries. Like, let's let's just blame Disney. What? Well, because the Lost Boys wear like furry costumes. What? That's Peter Pan, you dig? Oh, what did you say? What did Robin you... Hood. Oh, Robin Hood. You said Robin Hood, and I swear to God, I heard you say Peter Pan. <laughs> During the journey, his page is about to give up the struggle against the cold weather, but is enabled. Yeah, that is the word. (laughs) To continue by following the king's footprints step for step through the deep snow. The legend is based on the life and historical St. Wenceslas of the Duke of Bohemia from 907 through 935. The name Wenceslas is... Oh, could you imagine living in a three-digit year? What no. A, what, 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 that would blow. <laughs> I feel like we could all agree to that. Like, outside of D&D, which has a magical element to it, does anyone romanticize that time? Well, that's the thing. So we were talking awful. about this because we do movie nights with our... We've mentioned him so many times this week, our friend Jay... We do movie nights with him all the time, and Jessica will program them like we're a movie theater. And she will, one time she did like we're doing a whole month of like 70s and 80s fan, cheap fantasy films, like low budget. And I didn't have a great time with it because it's like, I realized I don't like yeah. fantasy. Well, the thing is, and then Jessica was like, oh, I get it, Danny. You don't like fantasy. And I'm like, no, that's not true. I love Tolkien. I like C.S. Lewis. I like a lot of fantasy, but when it comes to certain types of fantasy, especially 70s and 80s, like I don't like fantasy that has sort of magical realism in a realistic medieval time. Like I don't want if I go to if I'm going to a fantasy world in a book. Yeah, he doesn't or a movie, like he doesn't like D and D either. I like D and D. I just it, it's. I like D&D, but it's just, like, the actual, like, paying attention part is hard for me. <laughs> and I've played D&D. I just, it's paying attention is hard for me. No, I love fantasy. You were completely incorrect to think that I don't like fantasy. But if I'm going to go to a fantasy world, I want it to be a high fantasy world that I want to, like, be a part of. I don't want to go to some, in my mind, in a movie or a book, I don't want to go to some basically crappy like place where they have to pull your teeth out at the barber shop or whatever actually that's like that's that's <laughs> way more modern than that well whatever like, i don't want to go to i want to want it's just not sanitary that's part this part of the reason i don't i have not ever watched 
Game of Thrones. Because I'm like, well, Game of Thrones just sounds like a horrible world to live in. And there's barely magic. Like, oh, there's a dragon. Oh, I changed my face. That's barely magic. I want magic. I want Tolkien. I want, you know, I don't even like Harry Potter, but I would rather go to a Harry Potter world. You than... don't like Harry Potter? I don't love Harry Potter. But it actually has this more. This marriage to... is over. It has more to do with, and you know what? I was on this train before she turned out to be a hateful person. <laughs> okay, that's acceptable. <laughs> I always thought her plotting and characters had like weird cheats and like workarounds. Like even though she was like regarded as this great writer who got so many kids to read, which is amazing. Like she would constantly like write through the tree hole. She would like just kind of make things happen because they're supposed to happen as opposed to happening in a natural way. Like no, but oh my gosh. Half-Blood Prince, when Harry's like, I- I- I'm I'm pretty sure, what's his name? The blonde bad kid. The, Draco Malfoy. He's like, I'm pretty sure Draco Malfoy is working for the, <laughs> I don't remember all their names, for the Slytherin, the main guy, the snake guy, the who must not be named. Voldemort? Voldemort. You just forgot Voldemort? You well, I'm not. You're not books. supposed to say his name. <laughs> in Half-Blood Prince, in the book, not in the movie... Harry Potter's like, he's like, hey, everyone, listen, in the last book, I figured out that Draco is working for Voldemort. And everyone's like, no, I don't think Voldemort would, would have a kid working for he, Voldemort would wants to kill kids. He doesn't give a crap. He'll have a kid work for him and not worry about if the kid gets killed. What are you people talking about? It was so obnoxious, but it's like, well, at that point in the plot, no one's supposed to believe Harry, but, like, everyone should believe Harry at that point. It's Voldemort. He'll do evil crap. Are you kidding me? What is wrong with you people? Anyway. And also because, like, the Harry Potter world this is, is, like... This is starting to feel like <laughs> like those who wander a Lost Girl podcast. Classic times. <laughs> Talk about ye old golden times. The name Wenceslas is a Latinized version of Old Czech Venslav or Venislav. I only speak very, very, very little Czech. So, and it's great because my mom also speaks very, very, very little Czech, but she knows more than I do. And she knows all of the swear words because she used to listen to her grandmother and her sisters playing cards. And they were, they came over from Czechoslovakia. Um, so she'd listen to them talking and playing cards, and it was it was a lot of swearing. <laughs> In 1853, English hymn writer John Mason Neal wrote the Wenceslas lyrics in collaboration with his music editor, Thomas Helmore. And the carol first appeared in Carols for Christmas Tide, published by Novello & Co. the same year. What Neal's- year is this song from? Sorry? 1853. Oh, okay. It's later than I, I expected for some reason. Right? Yeah. Uh, okay, Neil's lyric was set to the melody of the 13th century spring carol, Tempest Aetist Floridum, Eastern Time Has Come, first published in the 1582 Finnish song called Pae Cantinos. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Talk Bless about you. cultural appropriation, <laughs> taking an Easter song and making it about Christmas. We weren't talking about cultural appropriation. Source legend 
Uh, Wenceslas was considered a martyr and a saint immediately after his death in the 10th century, when a cult of Wenceslas rose up in Bohemia and in England within a few decades of Wenceslas' death, four biographies of him were in circulation. These hagiographies, H-A-G-I-O-G, R-A-P-H-I-E-S, had a, I'm going to have to click on that, it is clickable, uh, had a powerful influence on the high Middle Ages conceptualization of the Rex Eustace, or Righteous King. That is a monarch whose power stems mainly from his great piety, as well as from his princely vigor. Mm. So is any of it true? Who knows? <laughs> is the answer to that. Well, let's get into- Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Man, Josh, the Christian scholar, and everybody else who who is in that is going to be so upset with me pronouncing this incorrectly, because uh, it is from ancient Greek, hagios or hagios. Because what what does the little symbol mean for the pronunciation if it's an a and an e squished together? Oh, I don't know, but I know that's like in flora <laughs> and fauna. Because Bart looks at it and he's like, "What's with this crazy country? I thought they spoke English here." Uh. <laughs> Uh, is a biography of a saint or uh, that sort of a, of a person. So many half-assed Simpsons references. Ecclesiastical. <laughs> well, I can tell you a little bit about the story of Good King Wenceslas. Oh, okay. So you see, Good King Wenceslas looked down <laughs> on the Feast of Stephen when the snow lay round about deep and crisp and even. Brightly shone the moon that night, though the frost was cruel, when a poor man came in sight, gathering winter fuel. So right off the bat, that's like my one of my favorite rhymes in like probably all of music is to rhyme cruel with fuel. Also, I have to uh, recant something I said, Uh-oh. but what I was kind of perceiving as there's no chorus and verse in this song. It's just choruses. It's five choruses. But it's kind of a bit of musical trickery when the whole band comes together with the instruments for those last two lines of every verse. Of, yeah, you have every verse. Second verse, same as the first. I'm Second Henry verse, the different from the I first. <laughs> Herman's Herman's. Uh, yes, I know. But... <laughs> But it's just, it's funny because I always thought like when all the instruments kick in at the end of each verse, I thought that was the chorus. But because this song like kind of begs to be understood and really like comprehended lyrically, like I kind of didn't realize that no, those aren't choruses. That's just the end of the verse and everything kind of just like rises up. All the instruments, like all the harmonies kind of come up at the end of each verse. And there's only five verses in this song. I meant to mention this earlier, and I totally forgot. We used to have, uh, when I was a kid, my mom really went all out for Christmas. We had a tree in every single room, including bathrooms and stuff. And I remember in the uh, the downstairs, so like the main floor uh, bathroom, we had a singing Christmas tree. Now, Danny, I don't know if we still had the singing Christmas tree. I if think it still you worked did. by the time we met, because it yeah, barely worked. By many then. many years later, many 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 years later. Um, the singing Christmas tree sang Good King Wenceslas, mm. uh, as well as Oh Christmas Tree, and a third one that I can't remember now. So you'd you'd push this little button, or if you had the little like um, the 
motion function on, he would just start singing to you and scare the hell out of you when you went to the bathroom. Gotcha. Really quick, I just want to go through the rest of these lyrics because I've I got the idea, but this is like a song that like I definitely never paid attention. It's a king and he sees a man in need and he goes out and he helps the old man. Like I never even comprehended that. So right off the bat, the lyrics I just read, it's like he's a king and he's got this big feast and he looks out in the snow and it's beautiful and nobody's even walked in it. And then he sees a poor old man trying to gather up firewood. So in the next verse, he says, Hither, page, and stand by me. If you knowst telling, yonder peasant, who is he? Where and what his dwelling? And then the, <laughs> the page replies, Sire, he lives a good league hence, underneath the mountain, right against the forest fence, by St. Agnes Fountain. Ooh, is it fountain? I always thought it was mountain. Okay, see? I'm glad to be reading the lyrics. So he so he says, like, hey, Paige, assistant, who's that guy out there? And the, his assistant is like, oh, that's like an old man that lives pretty far away. So then the next one, so that was Warren, and then Schneck goes, uh, as King Wenceslas says, bring me food, bring me wine, bring me pine logs hither. You and I will see him dine when we bear them thither. Page and monarch, forth they went, forth they went together, through the rude wind's wild lament and the bitter weather. So then the king and the page are like, hey, gather up a bunch of stuff. We're going to make that old man's day. The king himself is going to bring him a bunch of crap, and he's going to be super happy. Then the page says, as hoops, Sire, the night is darker now, and the wind blows stronger. Fails my heart, I know not how, but I can go no longer. And it's funny that that Hoops just kind of laughs there. <laughs> like, I'm like, I want to know, if we talk to Hoops, or if uh, Josh McTerrigan ever talks to Hoops, that's got to be the number one question. Why did you laugh during Good King Wenceslas? Did you think it was funny that the page was dying of Probably of just doing the voice. I mean, certainly we can ask, but probably just doing the voice. Somebody write it down. I don't know. Probably David Ketch. Somebody must be paying attention when we say, hey, we should write that down and then never do. (laughs) So then mark my footsteps, my good page, tread them in boldly. You shalt find the winter's rage freeds your blood less coldly. So at this point, so honestly, I'm breaking the, I'm breaking this story out, and I, I've never fully understood it. So at this point, they've gathered up all their stuff, and it's just the king and his page. It's not his uh, his escort. It's not his knights of the round table, which I'm sure they didn't have in Bohemia. But just these, the king and one guy are out in the snow, and his assistant, his page, is like, dude, king, it is so freaking cold out here. Uh, I think I'm going to die. And the king's like, dude, stop complaining. Walk behind me so the wind will be a little less crazy for you. And walk in my footsteps. And and you know what? Kind of buck up. Kind of buck up, dude. We're going to get there. He's like, you're being dramatic. So then I think it's Dave Douglas sings, In his master's steps he trod, where the snow lay dinted. Dinted, that's a weird word. I guess it means like the snow... Where the snow was like dented in, but it says dented. Heat was in the very sod which the saint had printed. Okay, that's a little bit of a 
difficult one to unwrap. Therefore, Christian men be sure, there, wealth so- or rank possessing, who, sorry, you who now will bless the poor shall yourselves find blessing. I was just going to deconstruct that a little for you. Okay. You said the heat in which the saint, so like good King Wenceslas is a saint. Mm-hmm. And so because he's following in the in the king's footsteps, the page is stepping in where he's already stepped. So it's already sunk down from his body heat. Oh, okay. Weird. Well, interesting that like, this story is a lot of first and second act, but there's no third act because it's like, I'm a king. First act, the king, he's having a great feast. He says, ah, I'm having a great feast, but oh, there's a guy out there and he's sad. So let's go make him happy. So second act, him and the page go out into the snow and take together all their stuff and they go out to try to make the old man happy. The end. It's like we're missing the third act in the song. Like, there's no point where they actually get to the old man's house by the fountain. Well, maybe maybe this will help. Because over on Classic FM, okay. we have the real story behind the carol of Good King Wenceslas. Uh-oh. From December 4th, 2018. Uh-oh. And it includes a picture of St. Wenceslas statue in Prague. Is he canceled? <laughs> We're about to find out. Good King Wenceslas may be one of the most popular carols ever written, but the story behind it is bizarre and gruesome. The man we know as Good King Wenceslas was actually Wenceslas I, Duke of Bohemia. He was also known as Valak the Good or... Valak the Good! (laughs) Or Svati Valaklav. Svati Valaklav! Um, excuse the poor pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> at least I can say my mom's maiden name, which is Vasek, and most people say Vaychak. <laughs> right. Well, um. yeah, honestly, we you can't offend anyone because it's your culture. Like, you're allowed to oh, get yeah. it wrong. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, cancel culture. Try getting it, Jessica, later. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh in check and lived from 907 to 28th of September 935 so they've got a specific date of death Uh, and the reason we have this exact date of his death is that he was assassinated on the orders of his brother yep I heard about this appropriately named Boleslas the Cruel (laughs) (laughs) oh my god because he's good King Wenceslas and he's Boleslav the Cruel. Well, we learned because we watched a little bit of like a nineties yeah. um, uh, video, cheap animated, right? Cheap that animated his mother was video. evil, right. so like a cartoon from the nineties, scored by the Bing Crosby song. <laughs> One of those cheap Sorry. like direct to video like <laughs> Disney ripoffs. I love that. The ad on this page is see what drives human intimacy at the erotic museum book now. What? <laughs> Did they hear us talking about Does Good King Wenceslas do it for you? Find Weird. out here. Uh, young Wenceslas. Wenceslas didn't come from a Christian stock. His grandfather had been converted to Christianity by Saint Cyril and Methodius 
and his mother was the daughter of a pagan tribal chief, though she was baptized before she was married. When young Wenceslas's father died, there was a power vacuum. The young boy's mother was banished and his grandmother killed by assassins. It's said she was strangled by her own veil. But once the dust had settled, the people of Bohemia decided they'd like Wenceslas to be their ruler. His mother ruled as... Re- the queen is dead! ...as <laughs> regent. Until young Wenceslas reached the age of 18. Why 18? Couldn't you get married at like 14 or like 6 or some nonsense then? Uh, at which point he promptly banished her. Well, he only lived until I- like 22. <laughs> yeah. At which point he promptly banished her. Good for him. And when he came of age, he banished his mother. I love that this is... His mother ruled as regent until young Wenceslas reached the age of 18. At which point he promptly banished her. And when he came of age, he banished his mother. <laughs> to try oh, and man, avoid... he banished her twice? That's mean. <laughs> to try and I avoid mean... disputes, the country was split in two. And half given to Wenceslas's younger brother... Boleslas. Why? His assassin. <laughs> He's Boleslas the Cruel. Why? One was the communist block and one was the free block. Uh, his assassination. But Boleslas wasn't happy. When are we getting to the story that happened between young Wenceslas and his assassination? Uh, but Boleslas wasn't happy with the setup. And in September of 19... <laughs> 935, he plotted with a group of noblemen to kill his brother. They don't sound very noble to me. The three nobles, uh, Tira, (laughs) Sesta, and... Curly, Moe, and Shemp. Wait, that's not even... That's not even... That's not even one of the sets of three. What's the... Oh, what's that? What's the... And... Curly... Avenza. I remember their names. I'm not a big Three Stooges fan. Stabbed his own... Uh, wait. Stabbed Wenceslas before his own brother ran through him with a lance. <laughs> Talk about overkill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I bought an overkill record. Since I've been into metal, I bought my first actual medical, metal record. Medical record. I bought my first medical record. I'm into heavy medical. <laughs> We even know the date, 28th September, when Wenceslas was later... Remember, remember. ...canonized. Is that really what they call it when you become a saint? When yeah. When Wenceslas was later yeah. canonized, no, even this I know day that. was made, made his saint's day. You'd think I would know that because for a very, very short period of time, I went through a Catholic phase <laughs> where I wanted to convert to Catholicism. And I'd go visit the like giant Catholic Church Mary oh, the right. uh, Mary Queen of the Universe shrine in Orlando because I love their store. <laughs> I want to become really interested in for the saints and their magical stories and the accessories. Jessica, and then you realize that <laughs> hey, look, those Protestants they got the real retail shops. They got the family Christian bookstores. <laughs> they got the Lifeways. What happened was that because I was... Let's face it, they got the Walmarts. Oh, no. Because I was really into my faith and Christianity at the time, I sort of dropped it because at that time I really wanted to... um, One day after, like, film school and doing stuff like that, I wanted to become a minister, so... Like Martin Scorsese. (laughs) Well, didn't he just leave the priesthood? 
yeah. to become a filmmaker. Well, yeah. I wanted to do it the other way around. <laughs> I wanted to do the filmmaking first, and then I was going to go to seminary and become a minister. That was what a very young, naive high school Jessica thought would be a great idea. Um, it's still a great idea. I support that dream if you want to go back to it, Jessica. It's you. You're never too. You're never too old to skateboard <laughs> or become a minister. After his death, again, classic FM. You're not telling me anything about the story behind the song. After his death, Wenceslas was regarded as a martyr and a saint almost immediately after his death. But <laughs> good lord, the way this is stated. But he wasn't promoted promoted from duke of bohemia to king of bohemia until the holy roman emperor otto the first gave him the title posthumously a few years after his death well then what why what do you mean why can he become the king after he's dead this makes no sense people in bohemia and england in particular began to oops i clicked on the picture began to (laughs) venerate you clicked on the erotic convention (laughs) picture no the one of uh saint wenceslas and his uh blanket knights set off from the mountain is the picture that i accidentally clicked into people in bohemia and england in particular began to venerate saint wenceslas one 12th century preacher said his deeds i think you know better than i could tell you for as is read in his passion No one doubts that rising every night from his noble bed with bare feet and only one chamberlain, he went around to God's churches and gave alms generously to widows, orphans, those in prison and afflicted by every difficulty. Oh, what a good dude. His remains are in St. Vitus's Cathedral in Prague, and his Saints Day is a public holiday in the Czech Republic. Here we go. The legend. There's also a brilliant legend attached to the statue of St. Wenceslas in Wenceslas Square in Prague. The story goes that if the Czech Republic is in danger, that the statue of King Wenceslas will come to life, raise a sleeping army, and reveal a legendary sword to bring peace to the land. This sounds like a great D&D setup. This is amazing. (laughs) The Carol. So there's something to think about next time you sing Good King Wenceslas. The words to the carol were written in 1853 by John Mason Neal, but the melody is much older. It's a 13th century tune called Tempus Addest Floridium in praise of the spring. The carol was written for the Feast of St. Stephen, better known as Boxing Day, and it celebrates the long tradition of charitable giving on the second day of Christmas. It's become one of the best love carols ever written and was even performed by the Beatles. I don't know if that's accurate or not, because Danny did come across this in his deep dive on YouTube, and he said, that is not true. And followed by that, there is a different YouTube link. So I'm like, is this correct? Is this not correct? Okay, so when I did my YouTube deep dive, I found a thing of the Beatles doing Good King Wenceslas. And then I, like, listened to it, and it definitely sounded like a joke. It sounded like like some fake Beatles band. Well, it sounded like some fake ass like fake Beatles thing pretending to be the Beatles okay I wasn't gonna play it but here it is like here's the alleged Beatles doing good King Wenceslas good King Wenceslas look out on the feast of Stephen as the slow ray round about deep and crisp and crispy Brightly showed the boot last night on the musty cruel Henry Hall 
kind of sounds like John Lennon. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe I don't it's know. some random like outtake. It's, it's a goofy thing, like what Reliant K did. Could they have been doing this like as an homage, like they do for Beach Boys things, like they did for the uh, the Beach Boys Old Lang Syne? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the. It's like this is like an urban. I feel like this is like an urban legend. Okay. I'm looking at the YouTube comments, and there's like 14. Like, no one... This isn't a real Beatles song. If the Beatles recorded any Christmas song, we would... The world would know about it. The world would hear it every Christmas. We have to hear John and Paul's too many times for it not to be a thing. It's apparently something called the Fab Four, which obviously that was a nickname for the Beatles. No, the Fab Four is like... They're like one of those most popular, like, tribute bands. Yeah, this is not the Beatles. This is the Fab Four. And you know what? That's cool. That's interesting. Not only did bands like Relying K and MXPX and Limp Biscuit, you know, have <laughs> have songs attributed. Or Weird Al Yankovic have songs attributed to them. And they might be giants. Songs attributed to them that they did not do. But attributed to them on like those LimeWire and early Napster and Kazaa and all that stuff. But apparently the Beatles did too. The only one of those I ever fell for, I would like to say, the only one I ever, <laughs> like, Kazaa, like, you know, having those things where you download a song that's supposed to be by MXPX, but it's actually homegrown covering, you know, uh, Barbie Girl, or you download what says it's supposed to be Reliant K playing Happy Frickin' Christmas, but it's actually the band Frickin' A. I never fell for those, except... For a They Might Be Giants song that said it was They Might Be Giants performing the song Fish Heads, which it was not. You know, fish heads, fish heads, roly-poly fish heads. Homer sings it in, in the episode where Bart has an evil Siamese twin. They Might Be Giants were attributed to this on a... I didn't even fall for the Weird Al ones because I'm like, well, I don't think it's Weird Al. Not a big Treehouse of Horror fan, but I have seen the episode. I never fell for the Weird Al ones because I'm like, oh, this is disgusting and racist. So this is not Weird Al. This is incorrectly attributed. But I did think the Fishhead song was They Might Be Giants. It was not. Uh, So then we have over on BeesReads.com a review of like 15 versions of Good King Wenzel's (laughs) Loss I found on YouTube. What are you playing? Is this your They Might Be yeah. Giants, Not They Might Be Giants? Apparently it was a band called Barnes and Barnes that originally recorded Fish Heads. Oh my gosh, and the video is amazing. That sounds like a, a law group. Yeah. Editor's note, this post originally appeared on December 23rd, 2015 on a now defunct website, No Not Grantland. You never heard this, this novelty song? This is the best They Might Be Giants song I've ever heard. (laughs) It has been republished here for archival. It's the holiday season, and if you're like me, not wealthy, you know what that means. Bus travel. So it was that I found myself this week uncomfortably ensconced in a party-colored bucket seat for several hours, desperately in need of entertainment in an effort to stave off boredom. I blow up my data plan into oblivion. I spent the trip searching YouTube for recordings of the incomparably dope 19th century Christmas carol, Good King Wenceslas. What I discovered was beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, I'm just going to skip forward and see what they liked best. 
Uh, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra uh, in their, their A Christmas Carol, I guess. Westminster Cathedral Choir featuring Benjamin Luxon and Alid Jones. The Irish Rovers. Ooh, they sound like fun. Kids Zone. <laughs> uh, Sky Diggers. Blackmore's Night. The Piano Guys. <laughs> Mannheim Steamroller. Tori Amos, Sufjan Stevens, A Hero for the World, Medieval Babes. Oh, Sufjan Stevens Ooh. did one? Hold on. I gotta listen to that. I mean, you can keep reading while I... Uh, down I here, Reliant K, and here's what they had to say about Reliant K. Okay. This is steaming gutter trash, and I dare <laughs> you to listen to even five seconds of it. Oh, go f- I did not read this ahead of time. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Honestly, I scrolled through it so quick. I thought that the um, a castle for Christmas and then what they said was the best performance of this Christmas Carol ever was the Reliant K version because it's right underneath the YouTube link for right. Reliant K. Apologies. The Colbert Report featuring Michael Stipe, Mandy Patinkin, and Stephen Colbert. Uh, and that's it. Oh my gosh, this is the good King Wenzel sauce version. I mean, the Sufjan Stevens version. Oh, it makes sense, because he's Stevens himself. Is this really what it's like Spoke now? differently. I haven't listened to Sufjan Stevens since, like, 2007, so... <laughs> How is this better than the Reliant K version, which is lush and beautiful and a little funny? How is that better? Um, then uh, this popped up on TV tropes. So bad it's good. Played for laughs. With good King Wenzelslaus from Let It Snow Baby, Let It Rain Dear, to the extent that one of them actually breaks into laughter while singing on the recording. So, Danny, how, how do you feel? Because I know that you have a particular fondness for Christmas carols where the singer breaks out in laughter <laughs> oh, yeah. during the performance. Oh, yeah. How does this compare to Santa Claus's Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> Oh, man, I just I love Santa Claus is coming to town by Bruce Springsteen for ironic reasons, because when uh, what's his name? The saxophone player supposedly comes out or whatever and makes him laugh. Uh, He's just like, he can't hold it together. (laughs) See, to Hoops, his credit, he laughs, but he gets right back on track. Yeah. But Bruce Springsteen like a true professional. He is. Yeah. But Bruce Springsteen can just not hold it together. When uh, Clarence starts making him laugh, I don't know where that happens in the sun. <laughs> you just can't hold it together. I don't know why. Like, it ironically just, like, has always gotten my goat. And, and you know what? I don't hate it. I'm just saying, like, I've always just found it so hilariously obnoxious that Bruce Springsteen is laughing so hard during Santa Claus is coming to town that he can't even stay on the mic. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, classic song. 7.3 million listens on YouTube, probably billions of, li- of plays on the radio. Not billions, but you know what I mean. Millions of plays on the radio over the decades. So what do I know? But that's a great call. That is a great call. Still, to this day, my favorite Christmas song to complain about when it comes to laughing is The Waitress's Christmas rapping because she's like, <laughs> she's like, what? You forgot Cranberries too? I just That's find right. that I apologize for forgetting that one and throwing that one in the mix because I know that one is truly your favorite. It's just so funny. It's just so, it's so like over the top. It's just like, it's like they just. <laughs> These two, he these two. does this in this horrible, high-pitched, squeaky voice. You forgot cranberries when, too. When we start, whenever Thanksgiving rolls around, he starts doing it and keeps going until the New Year. <laughs> and he'll often do it like you forgot cranberries too. And it's just imagine that, but Danny's voice, and then he giggles after. Uh, I just so- think it's it's funny because she's had a tough year. And she likes this guy, and she never sees him. And then finally, they both forget cranberries. And she's like, you forget cranberries too? And they just laugh and laugh and laugh. (laughs) Then I know that we've read this singular Seventeen Magazine article on Reliant (laughs) K before, where they review Let It Snow, Baby, Let It Reindeer. Uh, but it's always exciting when it pops up, and it especially because you know his da- his daughter, his sister Jessica, right? Read it well, to that him. too, yeah. Uh, so they mention the song by name in there, and that's why it popped up when they say. But the other tracks definitely add more of that Reliant K voice that you know. In Good King Wenceslas, they burst out laughing midway through, uh, which I and you will too. Which I assume they mean not Hoops's voice, but in the general of Goofy. Reliant K. Right. Uh, then a little bit of a bummer. 365 days of inspiring media, a blog that pops up all the time oh, no. in deep dives, have not paid their GoDaddy yearly registration fees. Oh. So they are currently down. Oh. 365 days. If you are listening, re-up. The people need to hear your inspiring media reviews. Yeah. Then... This shows up in Bingo Baker, Game of Tones from December 21st, 2020, which is like a bingo thing. And I, it, yeah, it's on Bingo Squares. And let's see. It's just, it's just, I guess, if you hear the different songs that are played. Good luck if you're going to hear <laughs> on the radio, like this song. Uh, anyhow, good stuff. Weird Al is also on there. Then we have, from liveabout.com, top 100 Christmas songs. I'm scrolling through this, and I have yet to come across Reliant K's and to know if it actually is Good King Wenceslas or if it is a different Reliant K Christmas song, but Mistletoe by Justin Bieber from 2011 comes in around 15. Boo. (laughs) Covered by Reliant K. I mean, not this song, but other songs. Okay, here we go. Sleigh Ride comes in at number 31 by Reliant K. Uh, Leroy Anderson's classic orchestral piece became something of a signature tune for Arthur Fedler's Boston Pops Orchestra after they recorded Sleigh Ride in 1949. Pop punk band Reliant K recorded a version of the classic for their 2007 holiday album, Let It Snow Baby, Let It Rain Dear. Let it snow, baby. <laughs> Let it rain, dear. 
of all the half-ass Simpsons references this episode, I'm surprised uh. you haven't gone with the one where um, Homer beats out Ned for the town crier oh, yeah. in uh, the episode hear where ye, hear Lisa, ye. where Lisa uncovers the truth behind um, Jebediah, Jebediah Springfield. Springfield. Thank Dig you. up his bones. Good desecrate Lord. his grave. If you love Jebediah Springfield, you'll dig him out of the earth. What do you have for us this week, Dan? <laughs> well, uh, I have something. You know, this song was famously performed by Bing Crosby. But more important than that, it was also performed in an episode of The Big Bang Theory. Oh, wow. Which is basically, you know... Like Bing Crosby, Big Bang Theory. I'm sure you switch some letters around. And they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, my favorite game of all time. Patrons, get back to us, because I really want to make Danny play D&D for Patreon. Because he'll have no choice but to play. So they're playing a Christmas game of Dungeons and Dragons. And they're in a trap, and Sheldon has figured out that to get out of the trap, he needs to sing Good King Wenceslas. I see why these guys make $25 million an episode. Winter fuel. The stop. You're safe. Well, that was amazing, Sheldon. How did you know that? Hey, it was simple. I combined a well-known historical fact about Bohemia with the memory of my grandparents, Mima and Pop-Pop singing Christmas carols while I sat in front of the fire and tried to build a high-energy particle accelerator out of Legos. <laughs> you can't do that with Legos, Sheldon. You know, Irving Berlin was not the only one who wrote Christmas carols, believe it or not. In fact, he didn't really write any Christmas carols until the 1940s, so... Just throwing that out there. Mm. Now Sheldon wants to sing the whole song. (laughs) They're going to have to wait two minutes for him to finish this song. In case you couldn't tell, Danny hates the Big Bang Theory. I don't hate it. Just, you know, everyone, nobody likes the Big Bang Theory except for Canadians. (laughs) Remember that thing (laughs) on 155? No! For that very, very short window where you enjoyed 155 with me. That was two episodes. That was like three episodes. And we were listening to an episode together. And Sam was talking about how like, how like in Canada, like the top rated shows like in the, in for like eight out of 10 slots are the Big Bang Theory in different, <laughs> in different time slots. I don't remember And then this. young Sheldon is like number eight. <laughs> Where does uh where do Lost Girl and Letterkenny <laughs> factor out in there? I guess they don't. <laughs> but speaking of some classic Canadian content, are they Canadian? They sound Canadian to me. This oh is Ren Collective. Sorry, this is not a Christian band. This is Ren Collective, but their cover of Ren Collective is a Christian band, and they're from Ireland. Oh, they're from Ireland. Yes. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. 
Oh, saints be praised, I didn't realize the rent collectives from me home or me home country of Ireland. Then why are they singing this song about Bohemians? They're having a good time. Nice to see. Uh, and then we'll keep it on. We keep it on the aisles with this scene from Love Actually. Sorry, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant goes up to the goes up to the door. He's looking for the love of his life, and some little girls answer, and they're like, "Oh, sing us a song, Hugh Grant." You got you got caught with that prostitute in the car in the nineties, and now you're everyone's forgiven that, and you're a, you're a beloved two thousands actor. Good King Wenceslas looked out. On the feast of Stephen, when the, the snow lay round about. That's literally funnier than anything in Big Bang Theory, where Hugh Grant looks back <laughs> at his uh, his driver, and his driver has actually like a perfect baritone voice, and then Hugh Grant's like, "Oh, <laughs> that's funnier than anything that ever happens on the Big Bang Theory." Crisp and even, brightly. Classic, classic love, actually. Uh, and then there's only one cover that specifically references the Reliant, that this is, you know, our Reliant K cover. So I assume here that Dalton Green is doing a cover that vocally is inspired by the specific vocal choices of Reliant K. Boop, boop, shout out. Heck yeah. <laughs> Good. It is. I can't wait to hear them do the uh, the other voices. Oh, he's... I mean, as far as a transformative, as far as like bringing pretty. it down to just a guitar, he's doing a really good yeah. job. Like just downstrokes for those first lines of those first lines of each verse, and then those last two lines of each verse, like doing a full strumming. Like that's a great way to sort of. Give an interpretation. <laughs> That's appropriate. A little mess up on purpose. Maybe it's not on purpose. <laughs> Let's see how he handles Hoops' verse. Job. Is he gonna fake the laugh? This is great. Dalton Green. Dalton has done a lot of Christmas covers on YouTube, and that about looks like it. No, he just does the little stutter in playing, but he... Oh, he does a cover of your of our favorite band, Sparks. <laughs> Sparks one-take Christmas covers, unless that's... I don't know, is, that, is this actually a cover right, of the band Sparks? Just kidding. Um, oh, here's Sparks cool by Coldplay. Thing. He's covering the song Sparks by Coldplay. Okay, never mind. I thought he was covering the band Sparks. Well, that was a great cover. That was a great cover. So that's the only real cover. And then there's just about a million lip sync videos. <laughs> Not really a million. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This became something of a mini trend 
for people to just do lip sync videos. So here's one. I'll just kind of get the silliest one. Here's Oliver Robster with Good King Wenceslas by the Four Falsettos 12 years ago. And it's just like a pageant or a church performance where these five, like, dorks, and I say that being a total dork myself, just decide to fake lip sync in front of an audience to this song. They're grown men. They're not teens. Why are they the four falsettos if they're not actually singing? They're the four false settos. Like, false. Oh, I see. They're the four false settos, and they're all wearing king's crowns. Right, right, right. Phony king's crowns. I got it. Oh, man, the audience is loving it. (laughs) They're loving it as much as... As much as a Big Bang Theory crowd. (laughs) And then here's just a... So then there's a bunch of other lip sync videos for some reason. But here's a really weird and creepy one. This is by DJ Ernest. D-J-E-R-N-S-T. So it starts with this... It's a single shot of these two guys against against a blue backdrop. But then watch what happens like one frame in. I'm checking. This might be what I came across on... (laughs) I didn't mention it yet. I came across a Vimeo that I call WTF Vimeo. Then then it it may very well be this one. Don't take your eyes off the screen, Josh. It is this one. Okay, they uploaded it to Vimeo as well. So, look, the first frame is just the two of them standing on a blue screen, and as soon as you press play, boom! (laughs) Two ghosts appear next to them. So it's two ghosts and two dudes. One's a shepherd, one's a soldier, and then they superimpose each in a very it's the two ghostly, of them. translucent form. It's the same two guys yeah, each time, but they impose a different version of themselves, so it looks and like And they're all of kind of ghostly in nature. And very 2000s. This is from 13 years ago with 168 views. Not gonna lie, this looks like someone we went to film school with. It does, and it looks like... In general, not a specific individual. It also looks like half of the incidental cast of Breaking Bad. It just has that general late 2000s look. I mean, he's got the beard, so he definitely kind of looks like Heisenberg. And actually, he's got the Heisenberg hat in one of the two versions of himself, so that's why it's connecting to me, for me like that. Jill Billington, nine years ago, said, This is very good. That guy with the hat is a little strange, though. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> There's two guys with a hat, and they're the same guy twice. So, Jessica. Yes. What do you think of Good King Wenceslas? Not just their song by Reliant K, but also the king himself. What do you think? Even though he wasn't a king until after he died, what do you think of him? Uh, I love both even more after this week. I do, too. I do too. I definitely like this Reliant K song better than I ever did. I just didn't give it the time of day. When it would come up during Christmas time when we listened to the CD, we're like, oh, it's the Goofy song. Like, no, it's Goofy and funny and stupid. But when these line, when these two lines kick in, these parts are like so beautiful. So good. It's so good. And I really have You've just You've been sleeping on this one, Dan. I have been sleeping on this. So I'm going to go lay myself down for a long winter's nap <laughs> i'm basically gonna sleep till christmas oh okay i've got, I can't I've got a lot to do you're gonna have to do my job for me oh man <laughs> i'm not great with math i hope your employers know that i have worked as an accountant before though funny story <laughs> 
it's called being trustworthy. <laughs> and so therefore, sometimes your job is just like, yeah, you're trustworthy. Let's make you into an accountant. And I'm like, uh, a lot of a people idea, I work but... with at this new job are actually very similar. <laughs> so to everyone out there in Sadie Hawkins Podland, Merry Christmas. And you too could be an accountant. <laughs> <laughs>